to the Pitched Industries podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? My name's Nick White and you're again listening to the Pitched Industries podcast. For those of you who have not heard of Pitched Industries before, we're an online community welcoming people from all creative fields who are eager to learn about the stories behind some of today's most influential creatives. Today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation I had with the amazing Rachel Clare. She's one of Perth's most talented travel photographers and writers, a wealth of knowledge and an absolute legend. You might have seen some of her photography work on her Instagram feed or scattered through various travel magazines. On this episode, we learned from Rachel about how to charge clients for photography work, advice for creatives starting out in the industry, the future of photography, as well as heaps of other stuff. As always, I'm sure you guys are going to get a lot out of this chat, so let's get straight into it. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I just want to start the interview off today by finding out the basics about you. Where does it all start for you with photography and has photography always played a big part in your life? Photography, yeah, it's it's always played a big part in my life. Um, I started, I guess, in photography when I was about 18 years old. Um, I got my first camera for my 18th birthday from my parents um, and they... They chose a camera that uh, my granddad had helped them uh, pick out because he's also a photographer. And so I ended up uh, with a Sony Alpha 360 uh, was my first camera. And it sort of only really lasted in my life for about a year before I upgraded and and ended up switching uh, to Canon. And I've been in the Canon family since then. But my journey kind of started while I was at uni. I was studying uh, film and television and journalism and I just took a keen interest in photography. I thought it was something that uh, I could definitely explore. And, and I really enjoyed kind of getting my friends all dressed up and taking photos of them. And I still really remember my first little shoot that I did um, on the beach with one of my friends in a, in a long dress. And um, over the years of uni, it just became a really sort of integral part of my life. I, I did more of it. Uh, I started picking up small jobs and uh, I guess like a lot of young photographers started doing little bits and pieces like um, photographing family friends and uh, doing, you know, engagement shoots and it sort of just took off from there. Yeah, awesome. Was was photography something that you studied at university? It wasn't something that I studied at university. It was, uh, I did one unit of photojournalism uh, when I was in my third year, just out of interest, having studied journalism I sort of felt like it would make sense to explore that avenue and it definitely had like a a really good uh, impact on my work at the time and sort of pushed me a little bit in the direction that I am now in Um, but for the most part no I actually never studied photography I was mostly self-taught and it was actually a you know a really long time before I really learned how to use my camera properly and really push it to its absolute capacity I went years using my camera not really knowing what a lot of it did until one day I was asked to teach a workshop in uh, digital SLR photography and I realized that I would actually have to learn my camera back to front in order to teach it to other people Um, so I had to really uh, study my camera and and learn the bits and pieces and learn its, its boundaries and what everything did so that if I was hit with you know, random questions, I was able to answer them. But I find that even nowadays, I I don't know everything about uh, my camera and everything it's capable of doing. And you always learn things 
uh, new things from from people. But no, I've never studied it. Self-taught. Definitely, definitely learned a little bit uh, in some of those elective classes at uni. But uh, for the most part, uh, YouTube is where I learned from. Yeah, I think YouTube's becoming the university for those that really just don't want to go there and um, get a big, huge hex step behind their name, I think, now. I spend so much of my time just looking at YouTube tutorials on everything that I do with my photography stuff, so it's awesome to have something like that there. Being self-taught, are there any things in particular that maybe you struggled with learning, like pitching your ideas to clients or building relationships within the industry? What did you do to overcome those hurdles and really get your name out there? I think those sorts of things are really those things that you do learn from other photographers. Um, I think it's so important for young photographers, even just young creatives, to create a network of other photographers and creatives around them that you're able to obviously learn from and support and work together and collaborate. And uh, when I was you know, first starting out in the industry, I asked a lot of questions of, of other photographers. I was never afraid to, to sound stupid or ask questions. And, you know, I, I ended up with a very close circle of uh, very talented photographer friends who I was able to bounce off of and ask questions and, you know, network with on a regular basis. And I think, yeah, you definitely sort of learn a lot from their situations. You hear a lot of you know, the stories of, you know, like clients that they've had where they've been really difficult and you sort of, you learn from other people's mistakes and you learn from your own mistakes and um, you sort of learn how to deal with these scenarios without having to actually deal with them. And that's just from, you know, communicating with your fellow photographers and being able to to be open about your own situations and honest. And, um, you know, one of the things that's always surprised me in the creative industry and, and always uh, in the photography industry is that you know people are always really uh, willing to open up about their setbacks, about, you know, the times where it didn't go according to plan. Um, and I think it's, it's really awesome for us to learn from one another like that. And um, it certainly helps when it comes to networking as well. A lot of, uh, you know, the photographers that I know uh, often share clients. Um, I know that we have a Facebook community and a Facebook page uh, where we often have trusted photographers that we'll pass off gigs to as well. Um, and it just means that we're all at there supporting one another and picking up the slack for, for one another when we can't follow through on the stuff that we've agreed to. Now I'd like to move on to asking one of my favourite questions, which is, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? And was it something that maybe you learnt through teaching yourself or YouTube or maybe something that you learnt from a mentor or close friend? I think that one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received was the time that someone finally told me that I could actually, you know, set my own budget and, you know, set my own invoicing and actually ask for money for jobs that I wasn't being paid for. Uh, Because like a lot of young creatives, uh, you do start out in the industry doing a lot of work for free. Um, And it is just, you know, to prove your work, to prove that, uh, you know, you can do these jobs. You've got to build a portfolio somehow. But there does come this stage in every creative's career where you sort of just have to go, all right, I now know what I'm worth and it's time to start charging, you know, for, for the work that I'm doing. And it was like, it was a really, you know, it's a really shaky moment where, you know, you get this job and they haven't really mentioned payments and you kind of have to have that moment where you say, like, is there a budget for this? And I think, you know, the best piece of advice 
I was ever given was along the lines of, you know, if these people are coming to you to, uh, you know, ask for your work, it's because they think that your work is worth something um, and you should never, you know, undervalue yourself undersell yourself you should always be asking for a payment for what you're doing um, because your work is worth it and I've always stuck by that and of course there's always those scenarios in life um, when a job comes across your plate and even things like not-for-profit and you know bits and pieces and you know even just passion projects stuff that's really close to your heart and you may not you know take payment from it and they may not have a budget for it but you always find there's a reason why you are taking that job if you feel connected to it. And sometimes it, it may not always be payment, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I consider one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given is, you know, don't undersell yourself, know what you're worth um, and stick by that. Yeah, I think that's a big hurdle which um, a lot of people get, especially coming out of university or um, going the self-taught ways, actually knowing how much to charge and how to go about that process. And I, I know that sometimes it is definitely hard for young creatives to know how much to charge. Is there a principle or a basic rule that you use when you first started charging clients? Or is there something you do now which could give the audience a bit more of an idea? I first started charging uh, clients for the work I was doing. I definitely spent a lot of time asking around, um, you know, my friends and other photographers, sort of what they were charging and what they thought I should charge for certain jobs. It's still even nowadays um, you get hit with a job and you're not really sure how to price it. Maybe it's something a little bit different or it's, you know, a completely different industry that you've worked in before. Um, and I do obviously get a lot of other photographers approach me often asking sort of what I would charge for a job that they're not used to as well and I think why one of the reasons why I think it's important to ask around and talk to your peers about how much they're charging is not so that you can undercut them certainly not so that you know you can beat them out for jobs but so that um, you're not undervaluing uh, I guess your industry as a whole you don't really want to kind of set this precedent in in you know your city or your hometown where uh, people are all, all of a sudden expecting to get something for a much lower price than what it's actually worth. And so I think it's really important for photographers to communicate in, in that regard and have sort of an understanding of, of what we value bits and pieces at so that we can make sure that there maintains, you know, some somewhat consistency um, across the industry uh, in terms of, of what we're all charging. And I think that's just, you know, so that uh, we don't undervalue the industry itself and certainly nowadays uh, I know that there's uh, been a lot of discussion around uh, doing things for exposure and you know there's that argument that exposure doesn't you know doesn't pay your bills um, you, you still need to charge for a job and you know some people argue that exposure is damaging the industry but I think you know it's always important to um, recognize that um, exposure is important and it's okay to do those jobs for free if you can justify it but in terms of charging, um, I think it's always, you know, really important to have an understanding of what the job's worth and what your time is worth and, and go from there. It's easy sometimes to look at where you are now and think back to the past and, and really think about were there things that you could have done differently to fast track your way to where you are now? Are there particular things that you know now that you wish you had known years ago? I think uh, when I first started as a photographer, um, I think there's like this, this understanding or this sort of misconception that you kind of need to be autonomous and that you need to work alone. And, you know, it's, it's something that 
um, is is a very solo career of sorts. But uh, something that you learn, I guess, as as you grow as a photographer, is that it's it's very much a team sport in a way. There's so much that goes into creating beautiful images, um, and you know, there's always more than one person behind that. It's either the person that's in the photo, it's the people who are, you know, there to inspire you to create that moment. It's the photographers that are surrounding us, their communities. It's, you know, if you're working in fashion, there's makeup artists, there's stylists, there's models. And there's even the people, you know, who graciously hire you to do the job. It's never just, you know, you uh, creating this image. And I think over the years, um, I've really learned how to sort of lean on my peers, how to learn from them, how to collaborate with them, um, how to sort of find those parts of of the jobs that uh, really resonate with you and make sure that you're really respectful and grateful for everybody that's involved in that for their time. And I know working as a travel photographer, um, often I am quite alone and, you know, I I find myself in, in remote places in the world and, you know, I'm just sort of hanging out by myself or, you know, if I'm really lucky, I might have, um, you know, my videographer with me. And, um, you know, what's really cool is, you know, when I get there, I'm really grateful for everything that got me to that point. And um, I'm always, you know, so sure that at the end of those jobs that I really thank the people that got me to those places. I'm always thanking the companies that have hired me to get there because, you know, without these people who are also involved in, in creating these images, I wouldn't have the work that I do today. And so that's something that, I really sort of learned and it's something that I wish that I had learned sooner is that like I don't need to kind of be all alone creating this stuff, getting myself to to these places in the world that I could actually, you know, ask for the work, communicate with people, be grateful for what they give me and, you know, just really enjoy creating awesome stuff for them. And um, yeah, it's been a a little bit of a journey to get to that point of recognizing that um, not everything you do has to be autonomous. Uh, you can definitely collaborate on, on heaps of stuff. And sometimes it's the collaborations that end up being uh, some of your favorite jobs. One thing that I've found from my experience with doing an arts degree at university is there's no real clear path set out for creatives wanting to find work. What is some advice you would give aspiring photographers or creatives about building relationships with brands or companies or even finding work in the first place? One of the main things that I always say, uh, I guess, to any young creative is, you know, just everything that you do in the creative industry and anything you do as a photographer, I, I truly believe that everything should be done from a place of empathy. Um, and whether that be, you know, empathy for, you know, the job that you're doing or whether or not it's for the for the people who are involved in the job, I just believe that, um, you know, when we empathize with uh, what our client is asking us to create, we're able to connect so much more with the job that we're doing. And I, I really think that it actually produces, you know, much uh, much superior work. Uh, you create some of your best work when you're really connected to the subject. And so something that I've always personally tried to do whenever I've been given a job is sort of spend a, a lot of time asking the right questions and really understanding the job that I'm being asked to do. Um, and even just, you know, even if it happens to be a job that uh, doesn't 100% align uh, with my vision, um, which does happen sometimes, um, you know, finding the aspects of that job that do. So, you know, I, I'm always trying to find the pieces of the job and, you know, the bits and pieces of the day that I'm working that uh, really resonate with me. Um, and it just allows, you know, you to, to create this work that you really, you know, connect with and care about. Um, and in my experience, um, it's really helped in terms of, you know, keeping the client really happy as well. I 
really love to to completely understand the jobs that I'm doing um, and understanding what my clients are asking of me because it really helps me to produce work that they're really happy with. So moving on now to the Instagram and social media realm, with social platforms like these constantly showing quality content from creatives all over the world, I feel like it's never been easier to be extremely critical of your own work. When have you found yourself comparing yourself to others? And would you say this is a good thing or a bad thing? I think that being self-critical and having, you know, c- well, comparing yourself to, to other photographers and other creators, I think that it is just a part of being a creative. I don't think there will ever be a time in my life where I don't compare my work to other people's, but I think I'm in this stage now where I sort of respect my work for what it is and, you know, the journey I've come on. And I think you also, like, you do learn uh, over the years that even if you are being self-critical, that you have full control over it and that if you want to go in a different direction, if you want to change it up, if you want to try something new, then uh, that's within your capabilities of doing so. Um, And I always remind myself of that when I'm kind of looking at other people's work and I say like, oh, I'd love to create work like that. I sort of stop myself and go, why don't I create work like that? Like I have every opportunity to do that. Maybe I should give it a shot. And, you know, that's been some of the reasons why I've tried new things and, and gone to even you know, different countries and try different styles of photography. Um, it's always kind of been because I have been looking at other people's work and either felt inspired or, you know, maybe in some circumstances a little bit jealous, uh, which I think is perfectly healthy. And, you know, but for the most part, I think that when we're, we're self-critical and we are comparing, a lot of that can be fuel for inspiration and you can sort of learn from it. And uh, I think it's important to follow people who inspire you and, draw inspiration from um, other creatives around you. And I don't necessarily think that being critical is always a bad thing, but of course we do live in a world at the moment that is very, very oversaturated uh, with images and photography is very accessible. So it's easy, I guess, for young creatives. And I know I was like this when I was younger. Um, It's really, really hard to kind of, you know, it's really easy to, to get down about it and sort of say like, oh, you know, I'm never going to be good enough. I, I'm, I'm never going to get to the stage I want to get at. And what I found is that you either get people who, you know, have that self-doubt and end up quitting because of it. And you have those people who have that self-doubt and end up pushing through it um, to create more and more content that they're then really, really happy with. So I, I think it's really the way I guess people perceive doubt and criticism is you either use self-doubt and criticism as a way to uh, fuel your work and get driven and push forward or you let it you let it overcome you and look I think there's just this peak in any creative's career where you get to this point and you have the opportunity to either keep going or or you know give up and some people end up giving up just before the the tipping point and so I think it's always a really good idea to to keep pushing through and keep trying new things despite how you feel about it at the time. What's some advice you would give aspiring photographers who are just maybe starting out with Instagram? And I've seen myself now the change in people's Instagram feeds with who they follow. It's almost like now people go through their Instagram following list weekly and do a cull. And and people are a lot less keen to follow someone's account now, which might just be starting out, rather than maybe 
five years ago or, or closer to the to when it first started, what would be some advice that you would give aspiring creatives who really are suffering from that self-doubt and who don't really believe in their ability to create a large following on Instagram or other social platforms? Yes, one of the biggest things that I guess I'm always trying to remember and trying to remind young creators of is that you know, your worth as a creative, your worth as a photographer is is not reflective of, you know, how many followers or, you know, how many likes you get on Instagram. I think nowadays we're falling into this trap where we believe that, uh, you know, a high following and a high amount of likes is synonymous with how talented a person is. And it's not necessarily true. Sure, there's a lot of people out there with, you know, a following and, you know, lots of engagement on their photos who are very, very talented. Um, but it doesn't mean that people who don't have that huge following and who aren't getting lots of likes are, are not, you know, talented at all. And, you know, I know of a, a few very, very successful photographers who are very, very talented at what they do who don't care about social media you know they've networked and created uh work in other ways and they don't necessarily need uh social media to uh drive their work and and fuel their work and so they don't they don't really use it and so um i i'm always trying to remember that it is not reflective of you know your ability to create something you know you don't need to have a high number of followers in order to be successful at what you do Um, and it certainly does not represent your worth as a creative Uh, people with a high number of following aren't necessarily better or you know more creative than those who don't have a high following and yeah I think it's really easy to get caught up in that world and that Instagram world and uh, really get attached to it and you know, like it's it's a changing industry now as well. Like Instagram's getting to the point where it's you know it's much harder to create engagement. Um, it's much harder to get uh to get followers and to encourage people to to follow you. And I have one rule uh when it comes to to following people on Instagram. It's either they are uh you know a personal friend, um I find them inspiring, or they're a perf local creative. Uh because I think it's super important to uh support your your local environment and to support other local creatives and those are sort of my rules in terms of my my following on Instagram, how I choose to follow people on Instagram and I truly believe that if you're just being, you know, a really authentic person, a really authentic creative, you're creating good work, you're networking and you're supporting others, then it really doesn't matter what your following is doing. Um you're gonna get work regardless. So moving on to equipment now, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there who are pretty interested in knowing what equipment you use. Tell us a little bit about the equipment you use and what your favorite piece of equipment is. So I use a really base kit um, and I've always used a base kit. I've always used equipment that kind of makes me push my personal boundaries as opposed to um, using equipment that... I guess is considered, you know, top of the range equipment. Um, at the moment, I use a 60, a Canon 60. I actually have, I've actually just upgraded. So I'm just about to have the 5D Mark IV join my little family. And I have always been really adamant that it's not about the equipment that you use. It's about, you know, your skill set. And, you know, like, like I've been saying, like the relationships you build with your clients and the people you work with. And it's really like, I don't think that, the equipment that you're using is detrimental to your end result. Like I have always sort of used equipment that uh, has never really, I guess, been really been deemed like top of the range. It's never really been considered to be like top gear. And 
the reason for that is for the most part, I could never really afford to have uh, good equipment. Um, I've always kept it really simple and I've always kind of just let uh, my love of stories and, and storytelling and creating anything really, uh, really drive my work as opposed to the equipment that I'm using. But yeah, definitely have to say that uh, having good equipment is, is definitely really great though. It's, it's, it's really fun to have equipment that, uh, does you know a lot of the work for you and I can I can certainly say that in the in the time that I had to test the new 5G Mark IV it was a little bit of a no-brainer switching up because uh, it's a beautiful piece of equipment and it's definitely I'd have to say probably my favorite piece of equipment I've ever used. For the audience who are listening now I think it's really important that they go and check out your work um, whether it be on your Instagram feed or website and just check it out because honestly it is amazing and um I personally would have thought it would be taken on something a lot more expensive or a lot more top of the range than a 6D. And I think it's the perfect example for aspiring creatives to actually look at your work and go, wow, like this is actually all you need to produce, you know, incredible work, which people all over the world will will be um, inspired and amazed by. So definitely recommend go checking that out, guys. Now I'd like to um, move forward a little bit and talk about the future of photography. Is it something that you often think about and does you thinking about it, does that influence the way you approach your photography work today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was lucky enough recently to attend a conference in New York City. I um, I went to the Fast Company Innovation Conference and um, what that meant is that I spent a lot of time talking about not just the future of tech, but the, the future of storytelling in the world. It was, it was very focused on, you know, what's, what's next for the world in terms of, you know, how, how we watch television, how we operate, uh, you know, like how, how we even communicate with one another, uh, what's coming next in the world of tech. And um, it certainly feeds into photography in so many ways. And uh, one of the things that I learned um, especially from companies like uh, like Vimeo and you know is it at Facebook and, and Instagram and um, the things that I learned is that the, the world's obviously uh, very oversaturated in terms of content at the moment um, and almost very oversaturated in terms of uh, stories um, and it's getting to this point where just uh, you know viewing a story and seeing somebody else's story and connecting with it is is going to get to the stage where it's actually no longer enough for people um, and the way the world's going at the moment and, and what is predicted is is that we are going to move into a little bit of a, a VR future so everything will kind of move a little bit more virtual reality and that obviously means like very immersive video content you know like much more immersive storytelling and I think the the biggest thing to take away from that is that it's no longer going to be that people want to uh, I guess be reading somebody else's story and viewing somebody else's story, but they want to be a part of that story. So instead of just watching somebody, um, for example, there's obviously a lot of documentary VR out there at the moment, and um, instead of just watching somebody's story, you actually are inside someone's story. So you're actually, you know, in their kitchen cooking with them. Um, you're actually, you're not just uh, watching a rock concert, you you are actually playing in the rock concert because you can put yourself anywhere on stage in VR and I think that I always keep it in mind in terms of way, the way the world's going in terms of photography. I, I don't think at all that photography is going to phase out, but I do think that the, the move into you know, virtual reality and, and even artificial intelligence and the way the world's going in terms of uh, creating these stories and uh, immersing themselves in stories is definitely going to play an impact in the way we view photography in future. And it was definitely 
one of the reasons why I, when I was deciding to, to upgrade my equipment, why I chose to go for um, equipment that produces really high quality video, because as a photographer, I recognize that nowadays um, I get requests for video uh, just as often as I get requests for photography. And I guess it's just being uh, really intuitive and, and open to what the world uh, is kind of asking of you and, and what your client's asking of you. And certainly looking into the future of photography and seeing that it is going to become much more immersive, much more video-based, much more VR-based, you know, has made me make choices uh, very recently and even in the last few years that means that I'm looking at other avenues to expand my work and create new stuff. If things are going to go the way of you being able to put virtual reality goggles on and be playing at a rock concert or a concert in particular, which concert would you like to um, strap your goggles on to and, and really be a part of? Oh, man, I don't even know. Oh, I wish, like, if I could go back in time, like, uh, the most, like, I would like, just, like, dream scenario, I would watch, like, a young Bob Dylan. Yes. Like, go back in time, watch a young Bob Dylan live and actually be able to walk around the stage would be really, really cool. Um, but not sure uh, not sure if technology is quite there yet. But yeah. I'll, um, I'll settle for old Bob Dylan. Uh, that's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all. <laughs> Before we wrap things up today, I'd just like to let the listeners know that you can find links and information to everything that me and Rachel have discussed today and even some of Rachel's work over at pitchedindustries.com. Are there any places, Rachel, that you would like the audience to go to find more out about you and your work? Yep. So I've obviously got a website, um, which I, I do apologize is still very much under construction. So it's a little bit all over the place. Obviously, Instagram. And recently, um, I had uh, the privilege of being a part of the Perth Artist Series. So there's a, an awesome little clip created by uh, Peter Chang that showcases a little bit about my storytelling work and what I do in day-to-day life as a photographer. And, and it was really fun to create. And yeah, it's, um, it's a cool little clip. So I'd love for people to check that out too. Definitely go and check that out, guys. I've seen it and it is a really, really inspiring, cool little video. Um, just let us know what the handles are to your Instagram and what the URL is to your website. Uh, so it's at Field Notes with uh, two underscores after it, which is really frustrating. Um, and my website is rachelclare.co. Awesome. I'll have all those links again in the show notes for this show. Um, but for now, I'd really just like to say, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing. No, thank you. It was awesome. So that's it for today, guys. I hope you got something out of today's podcast with Rachel. And I'd just like to remind you one more time that you can find links to all of Rachel's work and the equipment she spoke about today over at pitchedindustries.com. I'd love to hear from you guys about what you think of the podcast. If you're liking it, if you're not liking it, the questions I'm asking aren't really what you're interested in. I'd just like to hear it all. I really would like this to be something that you can get a lot out of and you can really feel like you're a part of. To do that, you can get in contact with me via the contact page at pitchedindustries.com. Or you can even jump onto Instagram and find us at Pitched Industries. Leave me a personal message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. For now, guys, I'm going to leave it there, but I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys next week for the next show. Cheers.